0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Allen Wesson. Throughout my life, from military to public service, the right to bear arms responsibly has been a fundamental belief. That's why I stand with United Patriots Supply. They're redefining what it means to be a firearms dealer by combining the experience and know-how of a traditional gun shop together with the selection and pricing power of a modern e-commerce company. Stop by our flagship store in Seneca, Kansas, or visit us online at UnitedPatriotsSupply.com. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. I want to read you a little something here. I never wanted to be a public figure. I was homeless as a small child and raised in government-subsidized housing. My goal was to become a cop or a paramedic. I went to Kenosha to help my community not become a whipping boy in the national debate. In less than three minutes, the direction of my life was horribly altered when I was forced to defend myself with deadly force. So much was said and written about me that was not true. Now, for the first time, I want to tell my story. My name is Kyle Rittenhouse. I was attacked. I defended myself. I was prosecuted. I was acquitted. Kyle Rittenhouse joins us now at the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Kyle, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Colonel West. Man, I mean, when you read this initial part of this quote from you, no one would think that it ends up being you. Tell us about, you know, your, your, your youth and growing up, and what was it about that situation, being homeless and being in government-subsidized housing? How did you get there and how did you get out?
1: Well, absolutely. That's a great question. So I grew up on subsidized housing, Section 8 welfare and food stamps and had a drug addict dad and a mom who was working 90 hours a week. And I really just wanted a better future for myself growing up. But being in that situation, I also wanted to help people. I saw like how much I struggled and growing up around people who were in similar situations. And it just gave me the drive to want to go out there and either become a firefighter, or a paramedic, or a police officer. And that that's what led me to joining the police explorer program and the fire cadet program, making that drive to help people even stronger. And then when the riots in 2020 hit, I saw that my city, Kenosha, a city I lived 20 minutes from, was burning down. So I decided I'm going to go down there after being asked to be there and I'm going to help provide first aid, I'm going to put out fires. I'm going to make sure nobody else burns this guy's business because this is a business he's worked his entire life to his entire life to be successful.
0: So here you are, young man. I mean, you know, the progressive socialist left would have us believe that you're some you know white nationalist supremacist you know you know came from a silver spoon background and all of a sudden you ran down there to just find someone to shoot but it was the complete opposite you wanted to go down there to serve to to help people you wanted to help to enforce law and order in a chaotic and a confused situation tell us about what you what you saw and what you found when you did show up down there to help this gentleman uh, protect his his business.
1: Well, some of the things I saw, one of the things I'll never forget is the smell. Yeah. I'll never forget the smell of like the burning tires in the air, the smell of smoke and tear gas mixed all together. I'll never forget that smell. But I'll also never forget the crowd, the violent crowd that was chanting F the police, throwing rocks and bricks and Burning the city down on no, those forget those
0: that. were peaceful demonstrators. That's what the, the leftist. That, media that's is. what
1: CNN would would like you to believe Yeah But to be honest, there were some peaceful demonstrators there, but they were the ones who went home at five o'clock They weren't the ones that stayed there throughout the night to continue to torment and burn this city down
0: you know, it's interesting to me because again You know, you hear all this talk about insurrectionists or whatever, you look at what happened in Kenosha, you look at what happened in Minneapolis, it's as if the left wants to dismiss and disregard their actions, they want to justify it, but then anyone that stands against them, then you're guilty and you have to be uh, put into jail. How did you get yourself in a situation where you were being chased down by these individuals?
1: What would happen, Colonel West, is I was going to put out a fire at what we referred to during the trial as car source lot number three. And there were a few people waiting there for me for my arrival to put out that fire. And one of those people was Joseph Rosenbaum. And as soon as I got there and got to that vehicle to put out that fire, he came out running. And this is a man who said, if he catches me alone, he's going to kill me. And there I was. I was alone. And then I see him come around running at me. So I run to get away from him towards two vehicles that are parked and then another three or four that are backing that. So I'm absolutely surrounded. And then on the other side of that is about 100 to 200 protesters, rioters, and I had nowhere to go. So I turned around and that's when he tried to steal my gun from me leaving me with no other choice but to defend myself and then another mob of rioters formed calling for my execution and death saying cranium that boy kill him get him and that's exactly what they tried to do they chased me down the street about a block it was about a block away from law enforcement i even told the one guy that pointed a gun in my face that i was going to the police he didn't listen to me. He saw that I was running in that direction. He still put a gun in my face, but they knocked me to the ground. They hit me in the back of the head with rocks and skateboards. They kicked my face in, leaving me with no choice but to defend myself, and they pointed guns in my face.
0: So, how is it that you, you know, a young man, you are trying to distance yourself from this confrontation? Uh, they finally cap you know, not capture, but they finally corner you and you're physically assaulted and attacked, but yet they want to believe that you don't have the right to defend yourself.
1: You know, how did their whole case fall apart? Their entire case fell apart the second they charged me and their criminal, their criminal complaint read like a motion for dismissal from the defense.
0: Mm-hmm. So. What were the specific things that you were charged with? Because a lot of people in their minds have probably forgotten. But what were the things that you were charged with?
1: Well, I was charged with first degree intentional homicide, Mm -hmm. first degree attempted intentional homicide, um, reckless endangerment. Um, So I was charged with reckless endangerment twice, one for an unknown male, one for Richard McGinnis. And then reckless homicide, and then possession of a rifle by a person under the age of 18, and curfew. So we had the five big felonies dismissed, and then the one misdemeanor, which was the underage possession of a rifle, we had that dismissed because in the state of Wisconsin, between the ages of 16 and 17, you can open carry a long rifle with a barrel longer than 16 inches, and that's Wisconsin statute. And then we had the ticket, the it was a basic ticket for the curfew. The judge deemed that unconstitutional, and that was dismissed.
0: You know, the interesting thing is, let's say this had gone in a different direction. Do you think that anyone would have been charged if it were your death? Do you really think that this country would have, you know, been tuned in to a trial of the individuals that brought harm to you?
1: Honestly, we see what's happening with January 6th, and then I used to think before January 6th happened that maybe there would have been justice if I was the one killed, but we see how they're being prosecuted and how the person who shot Ashley Babbitt wasn't prosecuted. Mm -hmm. I don't think there would have been any justice if it was me who was killed. You know, and,
0: and it's interesting because we see all these assaults on police officers. There is no justice for them. The use of these uh, these lasers, which can blind people, there there is no
1: charge uh, for that. I mean, during the riots, especially in Minneapolis, they were shining those bright lasers yes. onto the police helicopters.
0: Yeah, which, which, again, to me, that's an assault. That is an and absolute
1: assault. And I believe it's federal law.
0: Yeah, it is federal law. That Just the same as, you know, you for a time had people doing that at the end of runways at airports, uh, and, and that is a felony offense. So you talk about how this changed your life. You go from a young man, you know, just wanting to help your community. Now you're in the national spotlight.
1: What was that like for you? Stressful. Yeah. It was really interesting. I, I went from being a 17-year-old kid to a seventeen year old person who had to grow up really, really fast and deal with these adult charges yeah. really quick. And I'm still learning. I still am going through some things, um, dealing with lawsuits. We just had some good news the other day. Um I had three people suing me. Now I only have two because the Rosenbaum lawsuit got dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um but Are these civil are these civil
0: suits now? Y- yes, sir. They're yeah. civil
1: lawsuits. And it it gets stressful at times. Like, I'm 21 years old now, and I still don't know what the future holds. I don't know what these civil lawsuits are going to look like in the end. Um, I still have a couple more years of dealing with these, but – It's weird getting thrust into the spotlight to where everybody knows who you are. It's hard to go out and go grocery shopping. I was just at SHOT Show in, Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, and that was very exhausting. That was tiring because I took a lot of pictures and shook a lot of people's hands. It was weird to have people know who you are.
0: Well, the thing is that you became a symbol, and people respect you for the fact that you stood up. And people respect you for the fact that you did not break when there are many out there that that could have. Now, you've moved. You've relocated. You're not too far from from me up here in the North Texas metroplex area. What's life like now that you're a Texan?
1: Oh, it, being a Texan is great. Um, I, I enjoy it. I know we have some mutual friends, our good friend Andy Hopper. Yes. Um, I actually work with his son, which is kind of ironic. hmm And it's just really, it's really interesting. There's a lot of nice people up here. And I've been able to develop somewhat of a normal life, Mm -hmm. going into work, going into the office. But I also have other things that I'm out doing, like, I'm going to an event in um, Tennessee, that people are going to be protesting me there at. So there's things like that I have to prepare for.
0: Yeah. Well, the good thing is that you will have security there that will protect you and and keep you from harm's danger. But, you know, you have to continue to stand and you have to continue to speak, especially when we look at the desire to undermine our Second Amendment rights. And it's so important for your demographic as as a 21-year-old to talk about why this is important for us, for you, and, and for young women in your demographic that we should have the right to be able to defend ourselves. When you look at the border situation and and all of the criminality that is happening, releasing these criminals back onto the street. So if there's one or two things that you would like people to get from reading your book, Acquitted, what would you like those takeaways to be?
1: Well, one of the first things is I I would really like them to go in there and Read about what happened. Read that Mm -hmm. I grew up as not this kid that the media portrayed, but as a kid who was underprivileged, who struggled, who had a a broken family, and had a mom who was working countless hours just so she could put food on the table. Mm -hmm. But also that my end goal was to help people. And my goal in the future is to not be this huge public figure, but to maybe live somewhat of a normal life when I'm a little bit older.
0: Well, I think that may, defining normal may be a little bit different. I I think that you're in a spotlight. I think that you're an important voice, just the same as Riley Gaines. Uh, You know, I had an opportunity to be with her. She was just a NCAA swimmer, but all of a sudden she decided to make a stand against, you know, this transgender in women's sports, and she has been protested. She was, you know, attacked viciously out in San Francisco but she understands how important it is for the subsequent generations of young women out there in women's sports. Your experiences are important uh, for other young people and for all of America to go through. So how can people go out and get your book? Has has it been released uh, or when is the release date?
1: So the book has been released. It's available for purchase now. You can go to RittenhouseBook.com and order a copy today. You can order a signed copy as well. I've hand-signed a bunch. I just got back from a book <laughs> signing. I did one at SHOT Show, so my wrist is a little bit sore, but you can go to rentedhousebook.com and order a copy today.
0: Well, we want to thank you for the stand that you have taken, and I just ask you to be strong in the Lord. You know, God told Joshua three times in chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, be strong of good courage, for the Lord that God shall never leave you nor forsake you. So my advice to you is to take what the devil meant for bad and for evil, but allow God to turn it for good and always give him the praise, honor, and glory as you go out and all the things that Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Any parting Absolutely. words for the audience before I let you go?
1: Well, Colonel West, thank you for allowing me to come on to talk about my new book and a little bit of my story. I enjoyed it. Uh, didn't know you were near me, so... I'd yeah. love to meet up sometime, grab coffee.
0: We will make that happen because uh, I know Andy Hopper very well, and uh, we'll figure out a way. I'm on the other side of Metroplex over in Garland, Texas, but we can meet in the middle and have a cheeseburger. Sounds good to me. All right. God bless you, and thank you so very much, Kyle. And ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Rittenhouse, what a great young man who persevered through some very, uh, you know, tough situation and went through the tribulation. He 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 walked. The walk and now he is out there and he's talking that talk so please if you have enjoyed this podcast segment click the like button share it with others and until next time steadfast and loyal